Hello and welcome to the Diction Police. I'm healthy again and finally back at work and just starting a new production of Les Contes d'Offman. So what better way to celebrate than with some French art song? And through my recovery, I've been slowly working my way through Fouché's Traité de Prononciation Française, a French-French diction book from the 1950s with some great information. So if anybody's looking for another resource, check that out. There are two versions of this podcast, the full video tutorial or the audio version for people who want to listen on the go. You can find both of them at the blog page or download them from your favorite podcast app. For more information about today's contributor, François Germain, or for the accompanying PDF of this text, which includes an IPA transcription along with the poetic and word-for-word -word translations, please visit www.dictionpolice.com. You can also follow the Diction Police on Facebook or Twitter at Diction Police. Best known for the 17 remaining melodies that he composed, Henri Duparc stopped composing at age 37 due to an illness known at the time as neurasthenia. He eventually went completely blind and destroyed most of his compositions. Soupir is an early work, Opus 2, Number 1, composed in 1869 to a text by René-François Sully Prudhomme. Sully Prudhomme, one of the Parnassus school of poets, along with Mallarmé and Verlaine, was the first ever winner of the Nobel Prize for Literature. Soupir. Ne jamais la voir ni l'entendre, ne jamais tout haut la nommer, mais fidèle toujours l'attendre, toujours l'aimer. Ouvrir les bras et là d'attendre, sur le néant les refermer, mais encore toujours les lui tendre, toujours l'aimer. Ah, ne pouvoir que les lui tendre et dans les pleurs se consumer, mais ces pleurs toujours les répandre, toujours l'aimer. Ne jamais la voir ni l'entendre, ne jamais tout haut la nommer, mais d'un amour toujours plus tendre, toujours l'aimer, toujours. One of the things that I noticed in this piece is that we get a lot of back-to-back -back vowels that function together. French is notorious for this. The vowel combinations, there's almost an endless amount of possibilities of how you can reorganize your vowels. And we and, do have a lot in this, in this piece. And they all do something different. Yes. The first one we run into is the AI combination. Yeah, so AI can be two things. It can be either A, closed A, or open A. Mm -hmm. It can also be AI or AI if there is an umlaut on the I. Right. Which is very rare, but mm -hmm. you might see it in some pieces. Just as a rule, if you have an umlaut in French over an I, that means that the two vowels involved actually end up not being combined together and the I is pronounced separately. Yeah, they maintain their own yes. identity, basically. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. But in this case, in this piece, we have several words like... Jamais, mais, and aimer. And those AIs function together basically as the letter E. As the letter E, and the letter E can be closed A, open E. Mm -hmm. Although this will never be a schwa. This will never be a schwa, yeah. Yeah. Now, I wasn't going to talk about this right now, but since we have the word Amy, mm -hmm. let's talk about it, because it also happens in this piece at the end of every single strophe. We have the concept of vocalic harmonization. Yes. That we always seem to bring up in French, but we don't ever really 
delineate what exactly that is? So, vocalic harmonization is when you modify a vowel to be closer in sound to a vowel that follows it. More specifically in French, it happens with an open E followed by a closed A or an E sound afterwards in general. And the harmonization would consist in closing up the E vowel initially. So here we have the word ME. Mm -hmm. If we stick to spelling rules and diction rules, the AI is an open E and the ER at the end is a closed A. So this is a word where you could harmonize the two vowels together, mm -hmm. which means that you would turn your open E in something that's a little bit more closed. Mm -hmm. The big misconception about vocalic harmonization is that people think that it consists in closing the open vowel into the closed vowel. Exactly, because that's the way I remember learning it, that we we basically turn the two vowels into the same vowel. Yes, so in this case it would be e me. You could argue that you want to harmonize a lot and really make them exactly the same. Mm -hmm. The way I understand harmonization is, is not necessarily an equalization, it's just bringing the vowels closer together okay. while retaining each vowel's quality. So that the open E will still be an open E, just a little bit less open. So instead of saying a E me, you could say E me, but you still hear a slight difference between the two. Exactly. So you have something in between an open and a closed E in the beginning. Exactly. The so syllable. this is becoming a little bit picky, I would say. So maybe when you're not really, really advanced in French yet, the easiest thing to do is to not harmonize and to not really worry about it. Okay. And wait for someone to coach you on it. <laughs> I, I like retaining each vowel's quality better than bringing them both to be equal. Mm -hmm. Toujours l'aimer, I think we lose a little bit of the variety in the language. Well, especially because right before it, we just have the straight ooh right, sound. Right. And actually, since we're on that word, then let's jump to the toujours, because that's a, another combination. vowel combination of OU. Yes, OU is always going to be the sound OU in French. So the phonetic lowercase u. The phonetic lowercase u, and that's the, um, I'm going to risk it here, it's the only way to spell the phonetic u. Okay. I'm sure there's another one that I'm not thinking about right now, but... There's always exceptions. But if you see OU, you're pretty much guaranteed that it will be the phonetic U and the sound OU. Yeah. And in French, the OU is a very rounded, forward sound. The tricky part about it is that you want to be able to remain a certain level of relaxation in the lip, and mm -hmm. you don't want to create any tension while you do this nice rounding. Otherwise, the word, uh, the sound doesn't come out right. Yeah. Uh, think of an owl, Ooh. and yeah. the, the hooting sound of, of an owl, and that's yeah. that's going to be the proper vowel. And we have several occasions where that happens at the start of the second stanza. Ouvrir. And in the third stanza at the beginning. Pouvoir. And we have a whole bunch of the word toujours, which has two, which, which has two oohs. <laughs> See, and that's exactly the danger, is uh, especially for, for English speakers, we'll want to add a little diphthong in it, like yeah. sounds that are equivalent in English, like in two or cool. You think you're getting an ooh vowel, but you're not really. It's right. not and quite pure enough. But you can hear it even when you say two in English, there's a tension there in the back yes. even. It's yes, not a... there's a tension and the vowel doesn't remain pure. Exactly. And since we said pouvoir, that brings us actually to the second one that comes up in the piece, and the fourth word of the entire poem is... Voir. Which is spelled V-O-I-R. So mm -hmm. there's no ah sound in it at all. No. But it's a wa. No, you wouldn't be able to guess that this is pronounced wa. It's a W-A phonetically. W, bright ah. 
uh, and this is when you see OI, this is pretty much also always going to be WA. Yeah. Unless again you have uh, Numlaut over the I, and then it will do something else. But when you see OI, it's going to be VOI. In this piece, we have VOIR and POUVOIR. It's very straightforward combination. Just think of the W glide and a bright A afterwards. Yeah, and if, if you have a hard time recognizing it, just always remember the word MOI. MOI. Most of us in almost every language know MOI. MOI, 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 MOI. Mm -hmm. That one brings me to one of my favorite words in the French language because there's so many diction rules that go along with this word. H-A-U-T. So we have the A-U combination, which mm -hmm. is always... I want to say always, but it's generally a closed O sound, right? Yes, generally, I would say. Yes. It's... Let's call it 99%. <laughs> H-A-U-T. So A-U is O. And again, this is not something that you would be able to guess from just looking at the word. You have to know these rules about vowel combinations in French. Another one you see a lot that's similar to this is E-A-U. Uh, and it's pronounced the same O. A-U happens a lot in French, either in the middle of words, uh, like here, or at the end of certain adjectives, and especially in pro the plural of certain adjectives when you see A-U-X, yeah. or, or the plural of certain nouns as well. It can also be an article, because we also see it's the combination of the, the words A and LE, mm -hmm. so it happens a lot because it's the, the, a very normal preposition connected to... Yes, O, uh, just A-U on its own, is A, LE, it's a contracted uh, article mm -hmm. form. Exactly. So you'll see that one a lot, and you will see this word a lot. And the other important thing about this word, H-A-U-T, is that it's an aspirate H. Yes. French does not have a sound for the letter H. So if you see a, a word that starts with an H, you will never pronounce the H. You will never pronounce a phonetic H. I will never pronounce a phonetic H. What you need to know about the H, though, is that there are two kinds of words that start with H. They're the ones that we call aspirated and the ones that we call unaspirated. And this only has an impact on the liaison possibilities with the words that come before. Mm -hmm. Since we don't pronounce a, a phonetic H, that means that the word usually starts with a vowel, like okay. a, a vowel sound, like in this case, O. So you could think that a liaison is necessary with a word that precedes it. Well, in this case, we have T-O-U-T. T-O-U-T. If you were to make a liaison here, you would say tuto. However, this particular H is what we call the aspirated H. Mm -hmm. And when the H is aspirated, the liaison is forbidden. There is about a 50-50 repetition of aspirated and unaspirated in French. And there is no way of knowing other than usage and looking up in the dictionary. Yeah. So with time, you will know certain words and you will know that they are aspirated. But if you don't, just look up in the dictionary and you'll see the aspirated H words have a little asterisk next to them. So in this case, you do not make the liaison and it's tuo la nomé. And the fact that it's aspirated also doesn't mean that we want to say a glottal. We still no. connect the two vowels. Yes. You just go from the vowel U to the vowel O without a pause, without a glottal, without any separation. Tuo. You can really keep the legato going there. And you have to. Yeah, obviously. So we had AU, but we also get a lot of EU in mm -hmm. French. Mm -hmm. Now, EU can be three things. It can be OE uh, phonetically. phonetically, O slash phonetically, and it can also be lowercase y phonetically, like in certain verb forms usually. For instance, ILU, EUT, or GU, I've had. 
uh, EU is pronounced U. Here we have the word pleur, which is a case of OE phonetically. So in this word, we have it followed by an R. Is it generally that open OE mixed vowel when it's followed by an R? It is generally. However, you cannot be sure entirely, and especially in cases where you might have a possibility of harmonizing, it will not be quite open OE. Like I'm thinking of the word for happy, ERU. Mm -hmm. The second vowel there is an O slash. Which is the closed version. It's the closed version of the OE. Mm -hmm. So you could harmonize by closing up that OE a little bit and say ERU instead of ERU. Yeah. So, but it, technically, you could still write it the OE and then just harmonize. Oh, it. you still write it OE if you if you're doing your IPA transcription, you write you definitely still write OE. Okay. Yes. One of the other places that we get two vowels together is an E and an A. Mm -hmm. We have N E with an accent aigu, A N T. So in this case, the word is neon. Each vowel retains its own nature. The A N forms a nasal vowel on, and the E accent aigu is just a closed A. It's a good illustration of the fact that when you have two vowels and one of them has either an accent aigu, an accent grave, or an umlaut, they remain separate. It's not the case when one of the vowels has an accent circonflex, which is the little hat. In this case, they can still combine. Like we have a lot of AI accent circonflex that still combine to an E. Exactly. But if it's any of the other diacritical marks, then the vowels remain separate. Okay. And since you said the A-N makes that anasal, mm -hmm. I wanted to point out the word... Répondre. And the reason I want to point that out is because this is not the same word as to respond. Right, and this is a good illustration of why your vowel sounds have to be precise. Répondre, like we have here, and répondre, I mean two different things. Répondre is to spread, mm -hmm. and répondre is to answer. The first one is a A-nasal which is formed with the dark A vowel, so mm -hmm. an, and répondre is an O nasal, which is formed with a very closed O under it, so ordre, répondre. Yeah. And there is a difference between the two. In the second stanza, we have a word with R-E-F-E-R-M-E-R, -E -E mm -hmm. and we have sort of three different ways of being able to approach the letter R-E in combination, or E-R. Right. It also happens to be the three ways to pronounce the letter E when it's on its own. Mm -hmm. So the word is refermé. So final ER is generally silent R and closed E, fermé. When it's in the middle of a word, usually it will be an open E and the R is pronounced. So yeah. fermé. And at the beginning of the word, or when the E is after the R, generally it's the E becomes a schwa and the R is always flipped anyway. Yeah, so we basically have a standard prefix of Yeah, re, re ferme. Uh, we have the schwa version of the E, the open air version of the E, and the closed version of the E, as well as the silent and flipped versions of the R in this word. Exactly. It's a good teaching word. We discussed the fact that we can't make the liaison in the phrase tout haut because of the aspirate H on the word O. But there is another phrase where a possible liaison is not made. Ouvrir les bras et là d'attendre. There are times when we will make liaison to the word E, E-T, meaning and, but that's usually when we're reciting objects in a list, as in des pains et des arbousiers in en sourdine. Here, 
Rather than objects in a list, we have a compound sentence, two complete clauses. And actually, two complete clauses that are separated by a dependent clause in the middle. The two complete thoughts here are actually ouvrir les bras and les refermer sur le néon, obviously in a different word order, with la d'attendre modifying the second part of the sentence and coming in between. Basically, this means that la d'attendre and ouvrir les bras are not grammatically related at all, so we cannot justify making a liaison in order to connect them. Two regular liaisons that we will make are a conjunction with the adverb that modifies it, mais encore, and a singular noun with its preceding article, d'un amour. In looking at Duparc's setting of this text, you'll notice that there are a lot of apostrophes in the vocal line, which we often take to indicate that the composer expects you to take a breath there. Since they're so rampant in this, it's probably a better choice to use these for expression rather than having to breathe every time you see one of these apostrophes. For example, in the phrase ne jamais tout haut la nommer, mais fidèle, toujours l'attendre, toujours l'aimer. Duparc has these apostrophes after nommer, fidèle, and d'attendre. If we really take a breath at each of these points, there's a danger of stacking air. That is, having still unused air in our lungs that when we breathe, we stack more air on top of, which makes it difficult to use that air at all. Taking a breath wouldn't be wrong, but it might be counterproductive. It's possible to disconnect these phrases gently without actually breathing. With the small leap in the vocal line between nommé and me, this is easily accomplished. Between fidèle and toujours, and l'attendre and toujours, since they're on the same pitch, it's slightly more complicated. In these cases, those usually silent E's that become a schwa at the end of fidèle and l'attendre can be made just by releasing the tongue rather than making a big schwa sound, leaving the singer a split second of detachment before the next toujours. One issue that performers always have to deal with when text is repetitive is the question of how to make each repetition slightly different from the last. One thing we can't do in French that we can do in some other languages is to lengthen consonants. In French, there are basically no doubled consonant sounds, so extending consonants in an effort to make the text more meaningful has the effect of being incorrect French diction. One solution that is possible, however, is called déplacement de l'accent tonique, the displacement of the stressed syllable in order to give a different effect of the word. While there are no stressed syllables indicated in French phonetic transcriptions, basically the tonic accent of every word is always the last syllable, unless of course it's a schwa, which by definition is unstressed. There it's the penultimate. So rather than always saying toujours l'ami, you could choose to give slightly more stress to the first syllable of either of these words, toujours l'ami or toujours l'ami which would emphasize the words in a different way. One other thing to consider in making the text different is that the last line is exactly the same as the first. So you could leave yourself one dynamic level softer, as in sing the first verse slightly less piano, so that you have the possibility to sing more piano in order to create a different color for that last verse.
Ne jamais la voir ni l'entendre, ne jamais tout haut la nommer, mais fidèle, toujours l'attendre, toujours l'aimer. Ouvrir les bras et la d'attendre, sur le néant les refermer, mais encore toujours les lui tendre, toujours l'aimer, à ne pouvoir que les lui tendre, et dans les pleurs se consumer. Mais ses pleurs toujours les répandre, toujours l'aimer. Ne jamais la voir ni l'entendre, ne jamais tout haut la nommer, mais d'un amour toujours plus tendre, toujours l'aimer, toujours. This interview with François Germain was conducted by Ellen Rissinger. Translation and phonetic guide by François Germain. This has been the Diction Police Special Diction Unit, a production of Singing Diction GBR.